stay on top of all meaningful top trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Good morning, Monday morning. Well, as you've heard in the bulletins this morning, the conflict in the Middle East between Palestinians and Israelis appears to have entered a new phase. Over the weekend, as I understand the reports that have come through, Hamas militants were able to enter Israel and kill and kidnap Israeli people. At one music concert in Israel, around 260 bodies have been found after the attack. Other Israelis have been kidnapped and taken across the border back to Gaza. Israel has then used airstrikes to attack Palestinians, with Palestinians' homes being targeted. One report suggests that Israel has told Palestinians to leave their homes because they could be destroyed. The numbers I have indicate that 400 Palestinians, including 70 children, have been killed. 700 Israelis are dead. The Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has promised what he calls mighty vengeance. He says they're preparing for a long war. We start your coverage this morning with the reaction from our government. Zane Dungor is the Director General in the Department of International Relations and Cooperation. Mr. Dungor, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. We've never seen anything like this before in the Middle East. We've seen conflict, we've seen wars, we've not seen something perhaps on this scale and also, I think this is important, inside Israeli territory. What is our government's response to this? I think the first thing that we would like to say is that the attacks and, and, and loss of civilian lives on both sides is regrettable, but it, it's not unavoidable. Um, you know, the, the scale of the attack is shocking. The surprise nature of the attack is shocking by Hamas. But the fact that there is an attack is something that we've anticipated for a while. I think if you look at the events over the last year, the just the massive increase in attacks on civilians by this particular Israeli administration um, there was a sense that young people on the ground were no longer happy to, to you know, wait for inevitable, but never, you know, um, you know, the, the peace talks that never arise, that they were not happy with the, the, the manner in which the leadership was engaging. And the, the specter of some form of violent attack from the Palestinians was something that was anticipated. I think that the kind of pressure um, being put on 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 on, on the uh, Palestinians, particularly in Gaza, which is an open air prison, um, is something that was expected. We we were on the ground uh, about eight nine or nine months ago, and the the view from Palestinians then is that the kind of pressure that they were put under was in, in fact to trigger something like this, so that you could have what I think it was Minister Smotrich called the final war. Um, So we do think that this is an escalation and South Africa is calling for an immediate ceasefire on both sides because war is not going to solve issues. Violent conflict is not going to move the needle towards ending the the, the illegal occupation. And I think we must underscore that, and this is what we say in our statement, you're not going to have peace long-term or short-term until the the illegal occupation is ended and that you have a talks towards a just and lasting peace for both Israelis and Palestinians. Um, and it has to be just and lasting peace, which means that the occupation must be ended, that you must have a system, whether it's a two-state or one-state, that looks after the secure uh, security of both sides, the human rights of people on both the Israeli side and the Palestinian side. But that must happen now. What we cannot afford is for the countries to green light an escalation, and this is particularly um, green light, um, Israel re- sort of retaliation on the West Bank, and particularly in Gaza, because the in the uh, sort of ensuing days, what we might see is just more and more civilians being killed.
And that will just make sure that this becomes a long, protracted war rather than moving towards um, peace and, 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 and lasting and just peace. Do I detect there, Mr. Dungo, a rebuke for the United States? Well, we are surprised that the, the U.S. has reacted in the way that they have. We know that they've long been an ally of, the, uh, of Israel. We've been engaging with them about the importance, actually, of um, the uniform application of international law, particularly in this period, because if you don't have a uniform application of international law, you weaken its, norm, you know, its normative value, you weaken the U.N., um, so actually just giving a green light to Israel is, is escalating the situation rather than calling for peace. And you've seen many others in the region calling for de-escalation. Um, so we are a bit surprised and taken aback by the manner in which the U.S. is actually also apparently deploying a huge um, mil- military presence in the region over the next few days. So we hope that they will walk that back. Mr. Dungo, you will know our society has has uh, many people who support uh, the Palestinian side, some people who support the Israeli side, often arguments about this within our society. Just to make sure I understand um, what you say, are, are attacks on all civilians wrong, whether they're a Palestinian civilian or an Israeli civilian, would an attack on a civilian in this case be wrong? The attacks on all civilians are wrong. You know, if you take the Geneva Convention, the Geneva Conventions would give, for example, um, an armed group under oppression the right to, to self-defense. But that, that right to self-defense is governed by the Geneva Conventions, and it does prohibit attacks on civilians. Well, and, and you know, it's very specific attacks on non-combatants, and we must call that out, and we have. The same thing is that the attacks on civilians by an occupying power is also governed not only by the Geneva Convention, but also the laws of occupation. And we've been calling that out for a while as well. So attacks on all civilians um, is, is something that we think is, is should be called out um, and, 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 and should not be allowed. We have a situation, given the nature of this conflict, that inevitably, if there's, if there's escalation on both sides, but particularly in, 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 in Gaza, because it's so densely populated and people cannot move, that civilian casualties are going to be many. Zane Dangor, thank you very much indeed. Director General of the Department of International Relations and Cooperation with SFM 17 After 7, Naeem Jina, is a senior researcher at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. Naeem, good morning to you. Do you agree with Mr. Dangor's assertion there that this kind of attack, if you look at the living conditions in Gaza for Palestinians, was in some way inevitable? There would always be an attack like this on Israel? Um, yes, absolutely. And, and I think it's not just the the living conditions in Gaza, uh, Stephen, the, when Hamas launched their attack, uh, they pointed more to the West Bank than to Gaza. Um, the situation in the West Bank currently with settlers uh, give, being given a free reign uh, to attack Palestinians, to attack Palestinian homes, etc. Um, the invasion of the Al-Aqsa Mosque in the past few days, uh, last week rather, um, all of these put together, but it, it's... Uh, it's in a sense uh, almost 80 years of uh, uh, of occupation that uh, has come together over this weekend. One of the things that has kept this conflict kind of in place in the way that it has has been has been the sort of military power of Israel, its ability to target Palestinians without them being able to target Israel in the same way. We're talking about warplanes, things like that. A big part of that has been about intelligence. They've been able to predict attacks and repel them. It seems at this stage that a big part of the Israeli military failed. Is that important? 
That's that's important. Look, uh, I think the the word failed needs to be looked at a little more carefully. Um, I'm not sure that we can say that the military failed. I think that they failed in that they re- had redeployed much of their force away from Gaza into the West Bank. And, and that's why, as I said earlier, we saw such an escalation this year uh, in the West Bank of, of attacks against Palestinians. But uh, from an intelligence perspective, certainly I think failure would be the right word. Uh, and the flip side of that would be, of course, a, a victory for uh, for the for the Hamas uh, intelligence uh, section. Um, they, they report from Israel, for example, that uh, in the morning that the operation began, um, it seems that the surveillance system, because uh, Gaza is one of the most surveilled places in the world, uh, including with drones, but the surveillance system seems just not to have been working on that morning. Um, and so the suspicion is that uh, the system was hacked as well. So, uh, But also that Israel has numerous um, uh, agents within Gaza, uh, Palestinians and others, and mostly Palestinians, of course, in Gaza, um, and all of that failed. So a huge intelligence failure um, and perhaps a huge miscalculation from a military perspective. The fact that these attacks have happened and inside Israel um, for the first time on such a large scale, the fact that the loss of life has been so big, does that fundamentally change this conflict or this situation in some fundamental way? I mean, I made the point speaking to someone earlier, this is all unprecedented. It's a word we've heard a lot over the last 48 hours. Does it change the conflict fundamentally? I think it does. Um, I think what uh, what the Palestinian uh, resistance is signaling is that they are ready for a, a, a real war, um, as opposed to previous instances where from the air mostly and uh, and and they tried to survive. Um, here, the initiative, in a sense, was taken by the other side, um, and they still now. Um, holding places in uh, in Israel, where one of the most powerful armies in the world has not been able to take it uh, take these places back. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that the Israeli uh, military response has not reached its peak yet, certainly. Uh, but the the nature of the of the relationship. Uh, has fundamentally changed over the past few days. And I am Gina. Thank you. Senior researcher at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. Well, your views on the conflict there, 86